0: everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. Uh, we're back again, I think we've been away for a wee while, I'm not so sure, I've been away myself, um, but joining me on the pod tonight, uh, very full on Northern Ireland pod, uh, we have first up in Berlin, uh, Neil Patterson. Neil, been a while, how the hell are you man?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty well Dave, pretty well. Uh, nice to be back on, nice to speak to you again, um, pretty enthused after the Champions League result there midweek it was very very well i'm so looking forward to doing this and not not having to just be completely down for once
0: ah well i suppose there was, there was a bit of a rest sunshine at the end but well we'll we'll get into that uh next up in belfast we have dave dunning um our regular dave again been been a while since I spoke to you how the hell are you
2: yes dave i'm fine thanks i'm here um I'm just having a nice relaxing Thursday night, so yes, I'm looking forward to getting the chat with
0: you. I don't know between I, I need I need the pamphlet on how to do a podcast. It's been that long. You need the pamphlet and getting off mute. Uh last but certainly not least, get get these bloody interests out of the way, they're going on forever. John Henderson in Belfast. Johnny, how are you? I'm very well, my friend. Thank you. I'm good. Nice to nice to see that you know where the mute button is, unlike your 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 mate there in a the corner. But anyway. Listen, let's get straight on into it Because 'cause we've a bit to cover here. And uh first up we have Jose brought the big red bus downfield and parked it. Um, again, another nil-nil. Another very sort of negative, uninspiring game by United. Um, it's becoming habit-forming. It, it appears it's the second year in a row we've had to suffer this. Uh, a point, Neil. I'll come to you. Uh, you know, a point's a point, I suppose. But a very, very negative game again by Jose. I don't
1: know. I had a vague hope that, or not even a hope, a vague idea that. You know, they might be a little bit more expansive than they were last year. But uh, I think they were even less expansive, to be honest. You know, the, the, at times they've they reminded me of how David Moy set up against Bayern Munich um, in the Champions League. It was 10, 11 behind the ball at times. And really, they, they never looked even, really, to break. I mean, once or twice, day, one, that one Lukaku shot, I think, was their only shot on tar- target in the whole, in the whole game. To be honest, there was only one team in the game. There was only one team looking to win the game. And, you know, it was only only because of the Gea that that, um, that we didn't win the game. I think you take a lot from it in the sense that they were so scared again that um, that even though they've been so-called, you know, blowing teams away, the highest scoring team in the league until the weekend there, and, you know, 4-0s, uh, racking them up against the lesser teams and so on. And this is a really different United. I think we've seen in the last week. Uh, both, both at uh, at Anfield and then again against Benfica again uh, in the Champions League, just just quite how dour and dull they can be. But anyway, as far as Liverpool were concerned, I thought we played well, but we we can take the you know um, we could have taken um, pleasure from the fact that we absolutely dominated, like completely and totally dominated the game, and we made enough chances to score and win, and you know it didn't quite happen. Um, but you know, all in all, what can you do? What can you do if a team that costs that much money and has so many stars, to, you know, so many stars, and comes and just camps?
0: But Neil, he does it. He doesn't do it against City. He doesn't do it against Chelsea. He doesn't do it again. Why are we singled out for this year? On you know, it's a valid point. It, you know, we can say in it from a flattered point of view. You know, oh, he's scared of us. But he's frustrating the
2: fucking. League. He absolutely
1: is. I mean, of course, you want to win, but I mean, is he not frustrating United fans by doing it as well? I mean, do they not want to come downfield and have a go? I mean, you see this snidey comments on Twitter. Oh, you know they couldn't score one against us. They're four up against Maribor and blah blah blah. But I mean, are they really happy? So, I mean, I don't know why he does it against us, Why he has a particular? whether it's because he has a particular hatred for Liverpool or whether there's a particular fear that um, he doesn't want to be embarrassed or ripped apart or he thinks that no matter how pissed off the United fans might get with boring tactics, at least a point, they're never going to get raging, whereas if you know they lose 5-0, I don't know if it's a face-saving thing for him and Klopp, because he's never actually beaten Klopp. So... Whatever it is, you're absolutely right. They don't play as defensively as that against any other team. Um, And I don't know 100% why. I mean, last season they weren't that good. This season they're they're better. They're still not as good as they've been made out to be by the uh, United Love and Press. But they're they're better. But this, this season, the last season, there was no difference to that performance. You couldn't see any improvement in that team the way they played against us this year from last year. If anything, we had more of this year's game. I don't know who gets what from it, but at the end of the day, it's pretty hard to analyse. I mean, I don't know. If-
0: well, they're happier. There's no, there's no doubt about it. The, the, the game, you know, his game plan worked. It was, a, it was a draw or a win. He was going for a hit on the, the break and maybe getting getting lucky. The second occasion, he's come away with a nil-nil. And judging by his press conferences anyway, Neil, he's
1: perfectly he's happy as a sandboy. Again, he's deflecting, isn't he? Deflecting. He talked more about Klopp than he did about himself in his in his post match interviews. It's all it's classic Mourinho, isn't it? And he could say he's happy he's got his point. And maybe maybe that is was the limit of, of his ambition. But I think that he thought that he he could frustrate us and win the game. But I just don't think at any point we gave them a sniff. So that was that was why it was pleasing. In, in years gone by, we might have lost a the goal there in the last ten minutes. We have done before. So, you know, from from that point of view, they, they really didn't have a sniff. We didn't look in any danger at all. So if his plan was simply to come there and get a nil-nil and play the worst football ever, and and then fair enough. Well done. Great plan. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, fuck him. At some point, he'll get it. He'll, he'll get his comeuppance from us. It'll happen at some point.
0: No, and do you know what? I can't disagree with that, Neil. I really can't. You do feel that we owe them a hiding somewhere down the line. Johnny, yourself, you know, what, what do you feel about this one? I actually didn't even watch it live, and, and thankfully I went to the beach, and I'm happy that I did. I, I got a rerun of it later. <laughs> Not that there was there was too much really, really uh, d- to see. And, you know, uh, I, I know that the, the defence, or, or, well, if we can call it a defence, Seemed to to come out of the game with, with you know a bit of credit for a change instead of you know howling and wailing from our fans. I think there was there was actually a sense certainly from what I read afterwards that you know the defense did actually okay.
3: Yeah, well, first of all, in East Belfast, going to the beach wasn't a luxury. There was certainly no beach at the weekend that was it was worth going to. Right here,
0: you sit in the you get your deck chairs out and sit in the middle of Craigie Roundabout. You'd be grand. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah um that would be a sight all right um yeah i mean I, I wouldn't get carried away by talking about liverpool's defense because uh they didn't have anything to do you know um they won there was one moment united had in the first half and the, they got in and lukaku should probably have done better but yeah i mean gomez got mad of the match um the first few early on it he looked a wee bit ropey against Marshall, then he grew into it and you know, Rashford never done anything when he came on, but it, it was hard it's hard to talk about Liverpool's defence in a game like that. I mean, United had zero, zero ambition. Um, I think as well when you would you talk about it, I think you know, you are right in what you're saying, Dave. It's, it is. I, I think it's it's a it's a personal thing with Mourinho. You know, Mourinho's history with Liverpool goes back to two thousand two
0: thousand and one cup final. Yep. Well, it goes back way. You know,
3: it goes back to when he, by all accounts, in two thousand four, when Benitez got the job. You know, Mourinho wanted the Liverpool job. You know, uh, there's there's a there's a lot of people that have. That have put that out there. He didn't get it. He wanted the the prestige club. He ended up at the money at the new money club, Chelsea. You know, the Benitez years, he he had very, very good sides, obviously at Chelsea. Um but they just couldn't crack Liverpool. You know, obviously Liverpool going on and beating them and then winning it in Istanbul with a team that was way, way behind them in the league. Stuck in his craw. Then you had that the, the League Cup final, where he was up to the fans. Remember, he was shushing the shush, Liverpool fans. So there's always
0: been... That's where his dislike of us started, because he used to mm. like us. And where our real dislike of him, I think, is is found. Yeah,
3: and, you know, it, he's a very hard person to like as well. His whole demeanour, this his approach to football, his hypocrisy, his cynicism, his... You know, all those things he, he's done over the years, the I gouging of Villanova when he was at Real Madrid, you know, he's just he's he's just a bit of a scumbag. You know, if you don't if you're not a Manchester United fan, he's a very hard person to like. He's very sour, he's very bitter. Um, which is strange for a man who's who's won as much as him. So it does it is a bit um it's personal with Liverpool and then obviously let's let's not kid ourselves as well. Uh, the season that we should have won the league, he came with a Chelsea team that was way under strength. They'd done the exact same; they were time wasting from early on. We played under their hands. Gerard clipped them. That game, more than any other, cost us a league title, and he revelled in it. You know they they weren't doing anything that season, and but he he celebrated that game like it was his last game in football. You know you remember him in that body one.
0: Yeah, but do you not do you not feel a lot of that was down to? He he guessed Rodgers right. You know what I mean. He knew Rodgers wanted to beat him. You know the 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 pupil going up against the master from from the Chelsea days. And I think you know all we needed was the point. Mourinho was actually giving us the point on a plate that day. But the style of play that we had, you know, we needed to go for it, and it was our dad. Oh, of course. But- Ultimately, I, I, that 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 one doesn't grate on me just as not 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 like the other thing. Like, you know, this parking the bus thing to me it's just it's just the epitome. It's negative football. It's horrible. It's disgusting. To yeah,
3: watch. and I think you know he, it's a, it's a, but I think it's very personal with him with Liverpool. He really doesn't want to lose at Liverpool. He really doesn't want to lose at Anfield. They talked about that Champions League semi way back in the day about the power of Anfield and how you know he underestimated it. And there's no doubt that his whole approach. Now, when they play Liverpool, is quiet in the crowd, calm everything down, pour people to tears if necessary, but, but don't lose. And listen, it, it's a point that they'll take all day long. You know, as Gary Neville said, after the game, I think any United fan will take a point at Anfield before the game. Obviously, for them, I, I just look at Manchester United, and I think one of the most expensive squads in world football, a team that have genuine aspirations of winning the title, it, it's a very it, it's strange that they come to Anfield and don't even try to win I think you'll see the same from them at Man City by the way I think there's a couple of teams in the league with the pace in their forward line and creativity that they'll be really worried about i think we're one of them and i think city or the other you'll see it again but from our point of view yeah in control of the game had our chances Uh, not not enough good chances i know some people said you know oh we created enough chances i don't know if we really did the game one wonder save as he always does Uh, but we didn't work the goalkeeper enough with loads of territory on another day maybe emory chan Puts that chance away. And maybe Firmino makes better decisions, but it's one of those games where you know you take the point, you take the positives that we got a clean sheet, and you just move on. For me, there, there's, there wasn't really much to say about it. You know, there was could club a gamble a wee bit earlier. Or could he put just maybe put Surge on earlier? Put Coutinho into midfield. You know, take maybe Wijnaldum or, or Henderson or someone out and been a bit more progressive. Maybe he could have done, but I think he was genuinely worried about maybe leaving a gap in midfield. Uh, he felt we were in control and we might just eke out the goal. But it, it was a forgettable game, wasn't it? A really bad advert for the Premier, the Premier League, uh, supposedly. You know, this match between two superpowers and all the hype, and it was it was bloody awful spectacle. I uh, can't imagine how boring it would have been for a neutral, to be honest.
0: Yes, the beach was the right option, that particular. Day. It really was. It really was. Dave, yourself, <laughs> and you know what—that's the first time since you know there've been live televised fixtures that I don't, you know, not watched a Liverpool-Man United game. Strange, strange times. Dave, yourself, what, what was your thoughts on this one? You know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've little dad, but, but what little far away. Well, I think
2: you just hit the nail on the head there. Um, I, I don't see any reason why that game should be televised at this point in time, because it's just it's a joke. I I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed your, your input there, lads, because I could do a full R to condense how much I dislike Jose Mourinho.
0: And being it, mindful just, just, that it doesn't go that direction.
2: <laughs> very, very, very mindful. I just, I just don't know how he can get away with that. I don't know how he can... You know you're, you're playing against the most expensive back seven there in in the world, like what what are you meant to do? Um, you know West Brom can come to Anfield and do that with a 37 year old Gareth McCauley and you know two centre halves playing at right back and left back and and bog standard average Premier League footballers and he's got all the talent on the world at his disposal against what is let's be honest a fairly fragile Liverpool back four and he makes no attempt to go and get at them so people saying this is a tactical masterclass from Reno are deluded because we Johnny's right He saying we didn't have loads of chances but we created enough clear-cut chances to win that game of football if I, if I was a United fan I'd be absolutely appalled and these United fans telling me that it's great and he gets results and blah blah blah. And this type of football's alright when well, it wasn't all right under Van Gaal and boys are absolutely full of shit.
0: Well here, Dave, here's a question for you. Johnny's Johnny's alluded there that he thinks we're going to see the same thing when he comes up against City this year. He, he sort of tried it last year and there were one 0 downs, if I recall, very sharpish. But you know, imagine we were to you know we're playing against Everton and you know we decided to just go park a bus at Goodison. Like our fans would go fucking ballistic, you know. And I'd be, I'd be
2: disgusted. I'd be disgusted. There's absolutely no reason why a, a team who are at least equal to their opposition on paper shouldn't go and attempt to win a game of football. It's, it's, it's a nonsense. Everton fans got frustrated. who were frustrated for a decade when Moyes did it. You know, but it's it's by the by that's that's what we know we're going to get with them anybody who thought they were going to get something different on Saturday morning again I don't know where they've been for the last fucking 15 years or so um because that's his that's his template that's his blueprint that's his mantra yeah
0: but I think are are we not asking I think the question you're asking is how long can he get away with this because look United fans we may not like them but there's a few reasonable ones out there let's be honest and you know you can talk to them and from my knowledge of United fans, they, they they thrive on a certain type of football, and that certainly ain't the type of football to thrive on. So, you know, can he get away with it for much longer, Dave?
2: He gets away with it because he wins. It's, just, it's as simple as that. He gets away with it last year because he, he comes up with two trophies and, and qualifies for the Champions League. You can go and you can... You know, look up, you can look underneath and you can look at the the, the quality of the opposition he faced um, in, in those relative competitions and you can look at the league form and you can look at the games that they did win, but ultimately, you know, at the end of the season, when you're ranking up who got what and who finished where and who's doing what next season, on paper he's got two trophies, one of the European trophy and he's qualified for the Champions League. Has he on paper met fans' expectations? Yes, he has football's teams fucking sky generates the football supporters now and if they're happy with that then that's sound I wouldn't be fucking happy with it but if they are then that's grand but if it was me and I was looking across the city at Manchester City and how they play football and how they want to go out and they want to they don't just want to score enough goals to win a game of football they want to score as many goals as they possibly can and they want to look good doing it as well and they do both those things I would be massively frustrated and probably a little bit embarrassed.
3: I think as well, David, you need to temper that with yes, they were brutal. They showed no ambition at all. But the reason he's probably in a position of strength right now is that's the first points they've dropped in the league. And even though their performances I don't th- I, you know, I think score lines have flattered United a lot this season, I I don't think they're going to be near man city come the shake up. Uh, we agree. were the first t- we were well, the first team.
2: Yeah. Well draw, you know they, what I mean. they drop points, they points at Stoke. But again, no. that, that that that's the only other, you know, se- even semi difficult match that they've had. It's a typical Manchester United start to the season the way the fixtures have run. And uh, to be honest, if, if they had any less points than they do now, you'd be you'd be asking questions um considering the opposition they've come up against. But you're right. I don't think they'll be. Any, I don't think anybody will be anywhere in City come the end of the season, let alone them. Um, mm. But you know, it's it's a it's a decent point for us beaten against them. But you know, I, I think you know anybody who was who going to look at that game and think anything other than what panned out was going to happen is is mental. De Gea's who by by far the best goalkeeper in the league. I thought would. Good performances, Gomez stand out, did well. It's nice to have two very different options at right back rather than two similar kind of players. And, and don't forget, you've Klein in the background to come back there as well. So, in that position, we look really strong. Thought Coutinho was good, thought Lovren dominated Lukaku like he's done before without Lukaku, to be fair to him, having a wide lot of support around him but let's be honest as good as he is as many goals as he scores he's no fucking DDA drop when it comes to, to playing that role um, in a team like that so you look at it we've still only lost one game all season Um, I know we could score more goals I know we should have more points we've still only lost one game all season so people looked at that and thought if, if, if we lose the match that could potentially be season over but it isn't so we went to Maribor and we got a really, really, really good result. Exercised a lot of demons and hopefully we can kick on from that. now.
0: Well, that, that's, that's a good point actually to move on, Dave. And, and you know, I'll come back to you, Chief, on this when the Maribor game. And you know, from from scoring nothing, we score seven against some uh, sort of milkmen and farmers from Maribor. Good result, but you have to take the opposition into consideration, and. You know, somebody was due a hiding from us. There's no two ways about it. There were. And, and it sort of reminds me, if you cast your mind back, maybe to the, to the Newcastle game, I think it was 2008. And you know, we, we were do, going along a bit like this. And then we hit Newcastle for five that day. I think it was 5-1 or something we hit them that day. And it was a result that was coming. The Maribor result sort of feels a bit like that, that somebody was going to get a trounce and it was sadly, it was them because I think we could, we could have still beaten him, beaten them without being spectacular. If you know what I mean.
1: They're obviously not top quality opposition that you're going to face as you progress through the, the Champions League. But to be fair to them, I mean they're they're full timers. They're not milkmen and farmers like like you make out are, are, there. Like are they, are
0: they a full professional team? I thought they were semi pro. No, I'm
1: pretty sure they're they're professional. Like they're champions of. Of their country okay, the professional farmers and professional, so on. And farmers, been,
0: professional milkmen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can win, you know, you can only, cliche, beat what's there. And um, you can win 3-0, you can win 4-0. But 7-0 is um, is a statement. And you're right to say it had been coming. But I think really what happened there was, obviously there's a there's a gulf in quality. But there's a team there that's come up, come up against... Liverpool, um, it's a bit, probably the biggest game in their history, you'd say. Um, so they've been a stage fright, maybe, and you know, not done their research properly, and they conceded within a couple of minutes, like two, three minutes, I think, were one up, and you know, they just kind of collapse. So obviously, you've got to you've got to take the quality of opposition into account, but it doesn't generally happen. Set six, seven, eight nil in the Champions League I mean they are freakish results it is a freakish result and um, you know it's only a positive it can only be a positive I mean we're heading Spurs at the weekend we're going to talk about that later in the show but it can only be good for all the players to be going into that game after having you know gotten this monkey off their backs we've been saying for weeks good performances even the manager great performances but we're, we're, we're not scoring the goals the level of performance has been good we had been scoring earlier in the season, and we've been bemoaning the defense. But then the, the goals kind of dried up. Firmino hadn't scored in a while. We were having that, um, well, that debate kind of resurfaced: should we just go and get a Harry Kane or a Lukaku-style player, or you know, do we stick with Firmino? And you know, he's come in; he's got a couple of goals. could have Could have had a hat trick. Um, played really well, so it's going to give him confidence. Salas. Bagged a couple, Coutinho's weighed in with his uh, obligatory goal it seems these days, which is another good sign. Looks like he's definitely on for 15, 16, 17 goals this season, probably breaking 20 in all, all competitions. Uh, Oxley chamberlain comes on at the end and uh, gets his goal. He has to need because he hadn't hadn't really um, been convinced so far, albeit without um, that many opportunities or, or um, that long on the pitch, that many minutes. So, loads and loads and loads of positives to take from the game. Um, you know, the fact that we go on in the second half and win that one, win that 3-0, uh, we don't rest on our laurels, the counter-pressing's just exceptional, the finishing's exceptional. We could have had, uh, what's a highlight back just before coming on, we could have had, it's not an exaggeration to say we could have had 10 or 11, and we kept a clean sheet. I mean, I think we gave up one one chance to them, that possibly they had a free header, that possibly should have done a bit better. With more chances so it would have been United difficult. Need,
0: uh, if, if you look at the United game, Maribor actually had more created more against us than United did.
1: Yeah, I read that. I read that. I mean, I struggle to remember their chances that 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 well. I mean, I know they had that one header. Maybe they had a couple more, but that was the sort of one we went, oh shit, they could have scored there. Um, they had a shot on target that carry saved quite comfortably at the near post. Um, can't really remember much else, but you know it is Europe. It is the Champions League. It's not, you know, with all due respect, the, the Europa League, and you know they are champions of their country. They qualified. They drew with Spartak Moscow in the group, uh, who who smashed Sevilla, who we, we expected to to be the other top team in that group or the other most dangerous team in that group. So, uh, and they don't generally lose games at home. So I mean, while while they're they're not. Top quality opposition. It's it's only positive. You can only. You've got to focus on the positives on a game like that. I have to say.
0: No, and you can only beat what's set in front of you. Neither there's no no two ways about. Like I was maybe a a little unkind to them there, but you you know, I'm just sort of highlighting the the gulf of stature between (laughs) between the two clubs. Uh, Johnny, yourself, were were you pleased with this? And I say you can only beat what's put out in front of you. We we managed to pace them seven. Uh, I'm just. For me, it's the next step that we carry that form now into this next game and so on. You know, it was a great performance, but we need to kick on from it.
3: Yeah, we we do need to, to kick on from it. But but I think as well, we've got a... You know, people are being very sort of dismissive of the of the scoreline. You know, they're going at 7-0. <laughs> Bloody hell, Liverpool beat them 7-0, but as Chief was saying there, I mean, you've got to put this into context as well. Okay, you know, they're the weakest team in the group. Okay, they don't have any household names, but a few years ago, they knocked out uh, Celtic in the final qualifying round. They actually drew it home to Chelsea. Um, they they drew away to Sporting and in Portugal. They, they they were narrowly beat, I think, by, by Schalke in the group stages. So you know, this this isn't a complete bunch of absolute duds that get get absolutely slaughtered every week. And as as Chief also said, you know, they drew with Spartak, who stuffs the bill. So, you know, okay, they're not great, but to go there in the manner that we that we did, and with the style that we played in, and 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 score seven goals, you know, that that to me was quite a statement. Um, agree with everything that was being said you know we, we've had this in us for a while there's we've always felt there was going to be a game where all of a sudden we we'd, we'd just take a couple of our early chances and then blow a team away were they naive did they play in our hands of course they did you know they, they they certainly did but i think for me the big big positive out of it is chief says you know all these little things you know when it comes to putting the ball in the net Football is for my mind when it comes to goals, if you're a forward player, football's you know ninety percent of it is is confidence, you know. And if you're a really good footballer and you've got a couple of goals, you you relax and you go out and play your game. So the big hope for me is, you know, for Mino, since he missed, you know, I think we said it on other pods, since he missed the penalty against the ville, which would have put us three one up. Right on half time, he hasn't been the same player. He's looks like that's haunted him a bit. He's been a bit off it. There were good signs on Saturday against United that he was starting to come back to himself. You know, he looked lively. Him getting a couple of goals. Salah has been amazing for us this season so far, but the one criticism about he has been a wee bit wasteful at times. So again, him getting a couple of goals. Nice wee tidy finish for the first goal. The kind of chance he's maybe been... You know, he's been guilty of missing that. Chamberlain as well coming on. He could have scored before that. And then, you know, getting that wee easy chance and rolling it in. All very positive. And I think, you know, that gives you then that platform now where those players should be full, brimming with confidence, playing good football. Hopefully they you know, take that momentum into the, the weekend. The other result couldn't have went any better as well. You know, I think when we drew it home to Saval, when then we drew the second game, everything felt a bit flat. Uh, you know, because we battered that, the Spartak out in, in Russia. We just couldn't get the goal. But you see, then what they've done to well, and all of a sudden now we're top of the group. We've got another game against Maribor at home, which looks more like, a, you know, if that isn't a formality uh, for us, then, then nothing ever will be. So all of a sudden everything's looking really good. Goal difference looks good. So it's, it's, it's very, very positive. We just need to take it another weekend now.
0: No, indeed. I it is positive, Dave, and... You know, the the Champions League, it's been sort of like the two draws were a bit uninspiring. You know, John mentioned Rob, or Bobby Firmino there, who I have a great deal of sympathy for and at the moment. You know, he, he had missed that pen and I think it played on his mind. Then he went into an international break and, and you know, he's he's thrown into that Brazil team but he just doesn't fit. And I, you imagine being in a, in a working environment or anything, you just don't fit in. And he, he the game just passes him by and it can't be good for his confidence, but... You know, he did seem to be more of himself, and you know, at the moment, well, I do think his World Cup place for Brazil is is probably the biggest question at the minute because he just he just doesn't fit the system. It's more important that he fires for us.
2: He's a strange player for Bruno, isn't he? I, I like, I really, really like him. I really appreciate what he does. But, um, but I think. Have, you, have you, know, you ever
0: seen him play for Brazil? But Dave, it is it's 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 so frustrating. The game just passes him by. He's like he's like a spectator on the pitch and for someone who brings that quality that, that ability to, to win back a ball that that dogged determination none of that fits the Brazil model at the moment and I honestly think that it plays with his head when he comes down here
2: well like I said he's, 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 he's very unorthodox and I think with Firmino it's possibly more of having the play system that suits him than him being able to, being able to adapt and I don't know like what do you call him? Like a fucking nine and a quarter, or some ridiculous position that, that has never even been heard of before? Because he's not—he's not a He's not a false nine. He's not really a number ten. You don't get the best of him out wide. It's this weird little position where where he kind of floats. He can do loads of things that a good centre forward does. Like he dropped in, I think, for Coutinho's goal. He drops. He drops deep. He picks the ball up. He sweeps a lovely ball out to, to Salah, I think, on the right-hand side. And then Milner crosses for Coutinho. And then he's getting on the end of things. You know, those are, those are poachers' goals. The, the one that he scored the first one he scores, the one he bundles with, with Salah, and we're not, still probably not quite sure. probably never know who scored that goal. And, and a little deaf-flicked header. And in and in the box, he's clever. Is is. He can beat a man in the box. He commits players. Is 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 passed for Salah's first goal again? You know, unselfish, aware of what's around, beautifully weighted. And if he can just add some more goals to his game, then you've got like this. He's a fucking anomaly, isn't he? Though, really, he's an anomaly. I I can't. A comparison, which isn't, was is it probably fifty percent there. I can't think of anybody who is like him, any footballer that's like him.
0: Right, no, I hear you, Dave. And interesting, Neil. Whenever we signed for me, I don't know if you remember. You did. It was you and Andy Wales, I think, came on to. uh was one AI pod that we were doing at the time to discuss. You know what he looked like and so on. And I remember putting the question to you. You know about this false nine position that it wasn't his best position and, and both you and Andy who were watching Bundesliga at that time were, were in agreement that you didn't want to see him in the false nine position but that, that's where he's ended up now some of our group even Neil Devlin I know is very strong on it that we need to buy a striker that Firmino isn't good enough and, and I think that's where I want to go for the next point really is are we in the position now that we need to go out and Spend big money on a striker, you know, given the fact you know that, that was your opinion two seasons ago, Neil. Your opinion now, you know, has, has he improved in that role sufficiently to, to, to say, yeah, he should stay as our supposed nine, or, did, or is it the time that we really need an out and out goal scorer? It's,
1: uh, well, I mean, things have changed a little. I mean, I think at, at that time, um, we were talking about it with uh Brendan Rodgers as uh as the manager, and um, we had uh, I think we had also signed. Okay, that season. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at that stage, he had done his best work behind the striker as a ten um, in Germany, and that was where where he played the season that he got the twenty two goals playing for Hoffenheim, twenty two goals and sixteen assists. You know, that was his big sort of breakthrough season, and um, he, he stayed another year at Hoffenheim after that, or maybe even two. By the time we signed him, um, and now. I appreciate what he does. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of fans actually do. I think it's quite it's quite tempting always, of course, to go f- uh, reach for the we-need-a-big-name a striker, especially if you've maybe not scored enough goals in the previous few games. And, you know, at the end of the day, you want as many good players in your squad as possible as long as, you know, you can fit them in somehow or another and, and keep them happy. So, you know, it's, you would never say, no, don't go and sign a striker, but he's not going to change the system clock there and there changes in formation, but essentially the the system stays the same, you know, it's, it's the press and it's the leading from the front. It's the creating space, holding the ball up. It's all, it's all action. It's winning the ball back, you know, as much as anything. And, you know, he's bound to win the ball back more often than any other center forward in the league, you know, without having the stats. It's, It's, it's a no brainer. You can see it. But but
0: but but does that counterbalance the lack of goals? I think that's what Neil Devlin's argument is always that you you know does that what he does and winning the ball back and everything doesn't put the ball in the net and you know like
1: well it depends doesn't it? It depends on the striker that you sign because yeah you know if you're playing football manager you know you have enough money you can go out you can sign essentially whoever you want and you can sign a few and eventually you'll get the right one that fits. There aren't that many, that you'll just go out and sign, and they're going to come in and score all these goals. You know, they may eventually, they may develop into that striker. They may, after a couple of seasons, be buying in 25 goals a season. But, you know, you're unlikely to get one that comes and hits the ground running, unless you're buying from a Premier League rival. And really then, who's who's selling you a striker? that's going? To, I mean, we can't all fucking have Man United's relationship with Everton, like, and just go and sign Lukaku for a cup price of 70 million in, in this market. Oh, come, on, it gave them
0: Rooney. come on, the
1: Come on, it was a steal of the century. <laughs> that, that, that's like, that should have put the price up. That should
2: have made, made it like in you know, hundred million. But Neil, yeah. would, for example, would would even if you could do that, would Lukaku fit? Because I don't think he would.
1: Well, it, well this again is the question. I mean, that's that's the point. It's, it's quite it's dead easy to bandy about and sort of say, yeah, well, he's scoring those goals there, so he would do the same here. So why don't we just go out and sign him? As far as I'm concerned, we scored enough goals last season, and we've been scoring, You know, we can score goals this season. We create chance after chance after chance, and I, I don't think we're creating the same number of chances in the same way. And I think it's, it's pretty fair to assume that if you play a striker that plays in a completely different way to Firmino, someone who plays like a Kane or plays like a, a Lukaku or plays, you know, just just like a like an archetypal. Number nine, even a very good one, a Van Nistelrooy, whatever. You're not creating the same amount of chances yes, for the you're same the number of players,
0: and and that's and, and exactly. that's what you That's the counterbalance that I talk about because he does so much. Like I love the way Firmino is just like a pit bull. He just won't let go of the ball. He retrieves it. We now have this pace on both sides with Manny and Salah, and Salah for me, I think is going to be one of our best signings in the last twenty years. I don't know why I say that. Well, isn't isn't. It-
1: isn't Sally your goal scorer? Well, absolutely. I mean, if he if he if he coins his finishing, if he polishes that up, it's common week on know? week. Neil, you know, I think it's a
0: confidence yeah. thing. I think he's grown into the, to, to, to Liverpool as a club. I think he's grown into that you know full first team position that he that he's found himself in, which he didn't have the last time he was in England. And I, I think it's taken him a little while to find his feet, but I can see him eat the positions that he finds himself in. The intelligence of the guy. As I say, I I, I think he'll we'll reflect on this in a few years and say he's one of the best signings we've signed, certainly in a decade.
1: Yeah, well, he's he definitely he's on for more than twenty goals in all competitions this season already, and that you know that's already with with people moaning about him being prolific. Um, and this is his first season, and you'd imagine that you know the maturity and the, the calmness um, will come as he as he matures, as he gets older. Uh, as he gets more experience, as he gets grows into his role, he's more and more comfortable with the with his teammates, with his surroundings, with his environment, with his life in general. I mean, it, it does tend to come, and we've signed him at the right time. You can imagine that if that does develop in the same way that it developed with Suarez, that that you know, clinical, cool, calm nature, which which he didn't have when he first arrived. Uh, not for us. Anyway, he might have had it at Axe before when he scored 40 goals that season, but uh, he didn't have it in the, his first season and a half for us. So that's the sort of stuff that, you know, if that, that develops, then it's only he's only going to keep scoring more and more. I mean, unless he somehow, you know, loses his pace, God forbid, like he does his hamstrings. Michael like Owen, six times the, or whatever. The, the pace of the guy seems to increase week
0: on week. I remember the first time, uh, you know, one of the first outings he had with us, we were like, oh, I thought, thought he was quicker than that. No, he's like fucking Grease Lightning.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose he's, he's, you know, we're into the season now, and he's obviously in the United game, he was, he stood out and he was absolutely on fire, and he could see, you know, that doing that for Egypt in the week had, um, you know, made him feel top of the world, and he was terrorizing the United. Almost on his own at periods in in the first half, um, and then he goes and scores two again last night. And it's different kinds of goals. If he can get that, if he can get that finish for the first goal, the last night, if he can get that right, he'll score that every week. He'll get that. He'll get that chance at least once in, in every game we play because he'll get released at some stage. There'll be some point in the game where where we get him in, and if he can hold that finish, never mind the goals he scores by. Um, anticipating rebounds, where the ball's going to drop, running, you know, uh, just falling in at the far post. because He scores in the air. He can't. He does have it in him to score from outside the box as well. He hasn't quite, you know, got that right force yet. He tries that cutter quite often, but I mean, he scores all types of goals. So I think you're right. Potentially, he stays injury free and things keep going well for him. That you know, really, this sky's the limit.
0: No, without a doubt. And if anybody hasn't seen him uh, qualifying for the World Cup with with, with uh, Egypt. I employ you to go on YouTube and listen to the commentary. It's just it's it's a thing of magnificence, I think is the, the best way. Just 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 brilliant scenes that were there. Uh says something on YouTube there. If you haven't seen it uh, go go and watch it. You'll it'll make you smile. Johnny, yourself, are we needing a new striker or, you know, based on what Neil's saying there about Salah, are you happy enough with the, the front three all chipping in? Obviously then we've got would have Coutinho behind who contributes quite a bit with goals as well. Do you think we'll have enough or, or are yeah. you like to see that, that you know, that out and out, killer instinct nine in the box.
3: Yeah, if you if you'd asked me that question a couple of months ago, I'd have said absolute nonsense. Um we've got a really good forward line, we're full of goals. Our problems are centre midfield and our problems are centre back, maybe goalkeeper. Um, but I must say I'm I'm open to the idea of of signing a world class number nine more than I've been probably in in a long time I just I think there's been a lot of games this season where our domination of the game just hasn't resulted in what it should have done I think we've dropped points don't doubt for a second what Salah's given us you know I I was very very confident when we signed Salah that we weren't getting the Chelsea the player the Chelsea re, the rejected you know he'd, he'd done really well in Italy he, he was quick he's he was scoring goals. I always felt in a club team he would, he would thrive and he would do well. Um, I just think for me uh, Firmino is a wonderful player. I really like Firmino as well. Um, I think especially in these you know in big, big games will, I think he'd be absolutely key for example on Sunday at Wembley against Spurs the way he presses, the way he works he sets the tone. But I can't help but think that this it would certainly do no harm for this Liverpool team with the pace we have, wide and the threat we have. with Mane, Salah, with Firmino, with Coutinho, and the guy that he has. It would do no harm to have an absolutely brilliant number nine. That's you know, it couldn't just be someone who's an out and out puncher. You know, like a like someone who can just basically come alive in the box, I think we've said that with Klopp System. It would need to be someone, you know, who's who's mobile and can get around but can do that. You know, you, you think of some of the number nines that are that are out there, like in Germany, I'm sure Chief could tell us about uh team Werner and you've got a Icardi at Enter. And I know Neil Devlin's been been talking about a Cardi for a while. And You know, you you see a player like that and how clinical he is and that that goal scorer and power that he brings. I mean, even if you think of like a Harry Kane, someone like that, um, it's hard to think that 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 fluidity and that system and that pressing, that has been borne out, that in the big, big games, Claps' record is outstanding against the big six teams. I mean, we know that. And I think a key reason why we're so good in those games is that work rate and that tone against good teams like, you know, saying good teams here, but you know, whether it's Spurs, it's City, or it's or it's or it's Arsenal, you know, teams that, that genuinely come out and try and play football uh, against us, you know, we get a lot of joy from that fluidity and that pressing and that work rate, But in a lot of these games where we've struggled under to an extent these lower teams these teams that want to dog it out I think the onus on going up and pressing and winning the ball is not as key against those teams you know they're quite happy to give us the ball you know it's it's not like we're our big challenge in those games is work rate and winning the ball off them that's not the challenge the challenge in those sort of games has been our conversion rate in the box dominating uh, possession dominating territory but ultimately just not having that clinicalness or that bit of inspiration in the final third to put the ball in the net and get, get over the line and win 2-1 or 1-0 as opposed to drawing. And I think that is where potentially a, a world-class number nine, centre-forward, whatever you want to call it, could make a difference for us. That would be where I see it at the moment.
0: I, I give you Mr Cavani, who fits. He's, he's just the perfect nine, in my opinion, for for a Klopp system. Who's uh, touted to be available um, at the moment, could even be available in January. Fabulous. Who's been snubbed? Who's been <laughs> snubbed with Ibrahimovic going to PSG? Now he's he's throwing the toys out of the pram because the the same golden boy. Uh, don't blame <laughs> him on that score. But you know what I mean. Cavani is a striker who's in form at the minute and, and is crying out to be the man somewhere. Surely mm-hmm. someone at Liverpool must notice that, John.
3: Well, I I would I would argue that, that they would notice that you know. Um, and again, it comes down to what Klopp up once I mean I'm making an argument here you know other people will argue that the fluidity and things would, would suffer if we take Firmino out of there and you know in certain games it would impact us but I think for the reasons that I said earlier I think a lot of these games it's not about our work rate and winning the ball high up the pitch uh, against these teams that are quite happy to give us the ball having that natural pressure and for Mino for everything he is and he's a wonderful player and I'm really delighted we have him at Liverpool he just at times is clinical enough. Um, he he, he just—you cannot rely on him. Uh, you know, if there's a a nil-nil and we make a big chance with five minutes to go, and you've got Firmino one-on-one on the keeper, would you be really confident that nine times out of ten he's going to put, put it away and win the game for you? And at the minute, you can't say you would be. That's my only thinking of that.
0: But you're right, and, that, and that's why I bring Cavani into it, John, because. You know what? What you lo- and you would lose a little bit of what Bobby's work rate was, but not very much. But you have that clinical finish there as well. Listen, I want to bring Dave in on it. Uh, get his opinion on a striker. Would you, would you be tempted by Cavani at the minute, Dave? <laughs> That's my solution.
2: Uh, Dave, I'm tempted by any any good footballer. <laughs> um, I, I say it often enough. You know, I don't think you can. I don't think you can have enough match winners in in your starting eleven and certainly in your squad. Um, and as much as I, I rate Firmino, he, you wouldn't call him a match winner. Not the way Salah is, not the way Mane is, not the way Coutinho is. But in that breath, if you've got those three playing around him and he's facilitating all of them, do you need another one? So it's it's a really interesting argument, but I think the point's been made, and it's been made well, between the three of you, is that if we were to sign someone to replace him as a number nine, it would have to be a very specific player. It would have to be a Cavani. It would have to be, in my opinion, for example, an Alexis Sanchez, Someone like that, who you get the intelligence, the work rate, the ability to drop deep and link the play. We're talking high-end market value players here who, let's be honest, are coming towards the twilight years in their career and it's 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 not a coincidence that we're talking about these players now whenever they're i know we've been talking about them for a while but you know i'd take
0: another gary mack today personally i i think it's what what our team lacks dave i think it's what our team has lost for is you know and, and i'm going to give james Milner a shout out here because i thought he was excellent in that game Um, it's something we haven't seen in midfield for a while and i give him a lot of fucking shite so you know fair play to the guy um i'd rather see him than henderson if that's the form that he's in at the moment uh i'd go with with milner but you know what i mean there's there's so many different bits and pieces but ultimately an old head is not something that will be a bad thing for us and maybe you only get a couple of years out of him but maybe in those couple of years what he brings to those young players around him is invaluable gary mack prime example
2: you're absolutely right. And I think, again, you're, you're, you're right um, to mention what we're remiss, uh, not to mention James Milner's performance. And on top of that, you know, he has got an old head. He's, he's been there. He's done that. He's he's um, he's won league titles. He, he understands the game. He's tactically very aware. And he was very, very good in midfield. Which, let's be honest, it's not a position we've seen him play in very often for Liverpool, um, even before uh, he was coming for the left-back. We, we would have seen him wide um, as much as we would have seen him in the middle of the park, but very, very good. Um, and you're, you're probably right, we, we, we maybe do need a bit more experience, but like I say, Dave, with experience comes comes players who are playing for for the likes of of Paris Saint-Germain and an unbelievable amounts of money and and are going to cost unbelievable amounts of money to, to go out and buy and let's be realistic the likelihood of that happening particularly in January is is it's it's slim to none so it's great being able to sit here and fantasize about what could be but at the same time we have to be realistic and we have to consider what the model is the types of players that the the ownership are going to buy, which it's an entirely different conversation, um, and also.
0: But what is the model these days, Dave? You know, we talk about the model. The mo- the, the the old blueprint seems to be ripped up a couple of times. Personally speaking, I'm pretty uncertain as to what Liverpool's model is right now.
2: Well, the model is players who, essentially, the model is players who have a resale value. That's it. If you want to break it down to bare bones, that's what it is: players who will have a resale value. But as much as that's the as much as that ownerships model, that's the manager's model as well. Not so much in that they have a resale value, but that he can bring them in. He enjoys developing players; he's no the secret of that. Um, players who are young and can, can learn from a young age and adapt to the, the the system um, and be completely aware of, of what their their responsibilities are on the pitch. So you know, that's that's where it's a fit, and that's why they courted club for so long. Um, similar to the way City courted Guardiola for so long, because they knew that, that his philosophy fitted their philosophy. I don't really enjoy using that word, but I can't think of anything. So you know that's where we are, and yeah, we can we can shout these names from from the rooftops, but it isn't going to make any it isn't going to make a wild lot of difference. Um, you know, fucking sign rus for example. That went well, didn't it?
0: That kept John Henry's Twitter, ticking over quite nicely for a while.
2: Do you know what? I think it probably still is, ironically. So, yeah. Um, is there any way... Is, is, is it possible? Is it, And I'm just throwing this out there as some kind of mad conception. But is it possible that a, a really good footballer could learn to be better at one aspect of playing football? Like, Firmino could learn to be better at... Finishing inside the penalty area. Johnny, Johnny has a good point when it comes to confidence. If you can build that confidence, you know, he, gets, he has the intelligence to get into positions, goal-scoring opportunities. There's lots and lots of them, basically. he We look at Firmino more so on the chances that he misses and fairly clear-cut chances, but he manufactures that chance as much himself with his intelligence and his movement. So if you can just apply that finishing touch to his game, it's possible that he could, say, improve by eight or ten goals. And those eight or ten goals, you know, if you're talking about somebody scoring 12 goals and somebody scoring 20 goals, that's a massive difference. So if we can do that over the course of of a season by working on that one aspect of his game, then we've got a hell of a player in our hands. And to me, that's a far more rewarding way of doing things and just going out and £100 million of the problem.
0: Well, I think Firmino's maybe a little bit too long in a tooth for that kind of change, Dave. My own opinion, I, hopefully he proves me wrong. Listen, I want to get into uh, the weekend's game against Spurs. Neil, I'll come back to you on this one. Uh, your thoughts, that they, they, they had a great result there against Real Madrid. Um, they went balls out, basically, in the Bernabeu. And that could pay dividends for us here at the weekend. Big pitch at Wembley, a place they really don't love. Um, I'm sure they're only getting towards the, the liking part at this stage if that's even possible but i I sort of look at this one and sort of say to myself that pitch the way we're playing at the minute you know traditionally Spurs don't do that well against us' don't it's it's one that you sort of go into slightly a, a little bit more optimistic maybe
1: uh yeah absolutely i think the the champions league games have only uh only gone there to you know improve confidence going into that picture I and mean, i think to be honest that. I don't know about you, but I'm always fairly confident playing against Spurs. I mean, we seem to to do well against them. Um, we have done for the last, I mean, there was a while, it was a couple of years, but it's going back a bit where I hated playing them. because They've had the upper handovers for a little while, a couple of seasons. But really, since Rodgers' tenure, we've, we've had the better of them. We talked about the 7-0 earlier, so we're going to be absolutely bouncing. Spurs are also going to feel great. They'll have walked off the pitch thinking, brilliant, 1-1 in the Bernabeu class. Um, But, you know, then they'll have seen the Liverpool result. But, fuck, 7-0. That's not so good. They're going to be knackered in the sense that Real Madrid obviously run them a little bit ragged. I mean, I know Spurs had the chances to win. and um, Real Madrid keeper makes a... Makes a great save from, from Harry Kane later on. The kind of chance that Harry Kane scores nine and a half times out of ten. Um, so they've done their running. They've put their miles in. They've been in Madrid. Uh, and they've gone. They've had to go flat out for 90, 92, 93, 94 minutes. Liverpool, um, on the other hand, uh, were in second gear from the time they scored the second goal. Which I think was after nine minutes or 12 minutes. And really, it was like a training exercise. There were no harsh challenges. There were no hints of, of any injuries. Salah comes off after fifty six minutes. He's got a good rest. Um, so yeah, I mean, only only positives. Only uh, only looking forward to the to the game. Really, I think that while Spurs. Will feel um, happy with their result against Real Madrid, of course they will, and, and their position in the Champions League group. They look pretty much assured of, of qualification at the same time. Yeah, they were ahead and they were pegged back, and that always annoys you a little bit. Um, at the same time, Harry Kane is yet to score at Wembley in the league. Um, of course, that could, could quite easily happen against us, but let's hope it doesn't. So, that's I mean, that's not a bad we sign either so far. Mentioned that uh, Wembley hasn't been kind to of them. They don't particularly like it. They scraped a win against Bournemouth there last time 1-0, but um, easily could have gone the other way, actually, that match And Spurs were quite lucky, certainly, to take all three points in the end. If we turn up and play like we played against those teams last year, Spurs, City, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, like we are playing against Arsenal earlier this year, Um uh, and Spurs play how they normally play, and they, they also seem to only have one way to play. Um, I can't see them doing a, I can't see Pochettino doing a Mourinho. If we turn up and, and do what we can do, it'll be a long day for Spurs, and I don't see any reason why um, we shouldn't be confident going into the game.
0: No, I think Pochettino really does want to win against us, John. Uh, I, I don't foresee any sort of defensive tactical. Uh, side from him at all, I think he's going to go and try and win the game. I don't think he knows anything other than that. I do. I, I really do like the guy. I admire what he's done there at Tottenham um, and, and even Southampton before. You, you know what I mean? I, I, I really rate uh, the guy. Yourself, what what's your thoughts on this Spurs game? Um, you know, we 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 generally do all right, John.
3: Yeah, we we do. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, this will be. Night and day, as a as a game of football, compared to what we had to put up with last weekend. You know,
0: Spurs are yeah, this, this is a game fit for television, dude. You know what I mean? This is a game you would you would watch on television. <laughs> Absolutely, this this will be a good game of football. Um, yes,
3: I mean Spurs, Spurs are such a well balanced team. Um, I know a lot of people made the comment about Spurs last season. Um, about you know. Possibly their they're starting 11 or the best 11. And City have been electric this season. There's no other words for it. They just look fantastic at the minute. But you sometimes, you know, you still have that little niggle about City when you look at their defence. And that's the one thing you look at Spurs and that balance is there. You know, you've got Ericsson, who's a brilliant footballer. You've got Harry Kane, who. Um we were all having a laugh, weren't we, before that we came on here about Harry Kane. Um Harry is now turning into a three or four season wonder. Um, he's just you know, we we sort
0: of the prefer- words spilling from my mouth that I can't believe are spilling out of my <laughs> mouth like in appreciation well, of this guy. I mean I, I, that's just how
3: well you know I would over the years have prided myself on generally not all the time, you know, no one can ever be perfect all the time. When it comes to football, let alone me, um. But but Kane definitely, he just wasn't. I did not see this coming from Harry Kane a few years ago. You know, he's just got better and better and better. He's, he's just one of those players. What I love about Kane is, you know, one of my big criticisms for the last couple of years has been he's so greedy. He doesn't see a pass when his teammates are in better position but what you've got to admire with Harry Kane is no matter what he misses you know, whether it's a good chance or whether he's really unlucky and he smacks the bar or hits the post, what I love about him is you can guarantee that the next time the ball goes in, he'll be there and he'll be having another shot, you know, nothing seems to, to faze him um, and he's just he, you know, he's, he's an outline, out. he's just a goal scorer, but Overall, as a team, you know, you look at Kane, you look at Ericsson, you look at Dele Alli. These are really good players. You know, you look in the balance and they've got in the midfield. You know, with the likes of Dembele, Dyer, uh Wanyama, Son. They, you know, they've got just a lot of. And then, probably most impressively, you know, you look at, you know, your older worlds and your tongues And older world for me, you know definitely in the top 2 or 3 center backs in that league uh, Vertonghen certainly you know would be in the conversation of the top 10 defenders in that league they're just really strong and um, i'm optimistic you know they're they're a very good side, but they'll they'll play a game that will give us a chance. It's a wee bit gall, that we don't have money. I think money at Wembley would have been, you know, this would, would have been the perfect opposition for him. So we'll miss him.
0: Apparently, back in training again today, John. From what we're led to believe, Mane could be back earlier than what we first thought.
3: Very good news indeed. I know I've seen that. Um, absolutely, uh, probably our best player, definitely our most effective player. Um, but I think what you know, when you look at. It, For all the things we're saying about Spurs, if you've watched them at home in the league this season, every game they've played at home, they've struggled. You know they've drawn a lot of games, even at the weekend beating Bournemouth. You know Bournemouth were in that game had big big chances uh, at nil nil. So you know they're far from invincible at at, at Wembley. So it's going to be a really good good game but really even game could go either way I know it's cliche but you know if we're on it on Sunday if we're really on it and we you know do things well and do things right in the final third uh, there's no doubt we can, we can beat this team for me I would just like to see Milner who we've lambasted a lot Milner had an excellent game I'd like to see Milner keep his place I'd like to see Ronaldo and Chan in there with him I, I would like to see that midfield again to be honest uh don't know if that will happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm quietly confident. I think we can get a positive result anyway, and a point would be a decent result there.
0: No, and I'll take the Milner call. To be honest with you, I would take him actually for for this game based on what what I saw. It certainly looked like a cut above anything. Well, to be honest, with you, I'm a bit down on Winaldum at the end as well, but certainly Henderson. <laughs> Dave, yourself. What way do you see? What, what do you, what way do you see this Tottenham game going? You talked
2: talk about Winaldum and Henderson there, and I'm not sure how I it, the way we criticism him after his last couple of games, but. He
3: looks, uh, uh, <laughs> he
2: looks the part <laughs> he looks the part he's a pretty boy I'll give you that but
3: um, he was outstanding uh, during the week as well Dave he, I thought he was brilliant at the week uh, the other night against Maribor against Maribor Mar-
2: against Mar-
3: but he dominated he really did dominate the, the the midfield I thought he was very good against United as well he made a couple of really good runs so right. lay off Emery he's, he's got great hair and you shouldn't be slagging him off
2: alright <laughs> we'll agree to disagree here then Anyway, um, Spurs good side want to play football the right way. You're absolutely right. it will be a different game than we saw. Different game than we saw on on Saturday. Uh, lots of admiration for Pochettino the way he sets his, sets his team out um, to go and transfer goals and, and and to play high up a pitch, um, to pass the ball, create chances, and take the game to the opposition. So um, yeah, you, you're right. It, it could go either way. Um, it, it will probably be a good game. Hopefully, be a good game. Um, but guys, everything that you've everything you've said, there's a hundred percent. Both teams coming off the back of good results. Um, Spurs don't necessarily like it like it at Wembley, and, and, and there'll be there'll be big areas of the pitch for us to go and exploit. So if we're on it, then it could be fuck. It could be fucking anything, goodness. It could be five three or some ridiculous score like that, but I I, I rate Spurs. I like Spurs. You they they play good football, and and you're right. they the, the one area where they're significantly better than us is 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 their back five. Really strong, really dominant, confident can pass a boy from the back. They've got a, a a really good goalkeeper, even though he has got the odd holler in him every now and again.
0: He, normally in big games too, Dave, that howler comes, which he didn't have, he had an exceptional game against Real Madrid, so maybe the howler comes against us.
2: Well, maybe he's, maybe he's saved two up, if we've any luck, which we, we don't seem to have, so probably not. They're good, but this is the type of game that suits us, and I think as good as Spurs are, um, Pochettino's fairly inflexible with, with his, his style of football. Um, and they'll want to they'll want to try and dominate us and they'll want to play high up the pitch and they'll want to get the full back forward and they'll leave space in behind. Um and that does tend to play into their hands, or play into our hands, sorry, which is probably why they haven't had success against us that they've that they've hoped for in the last few years. Um they think they can they think they can go toe to toe to us in this type of match I, I genuinely don't think that they can. So we'll see, but um I'm, I'm quite confident.
0: But listen, before we go, I'll run around the table, uh, Starting, start with Dave. Working with find you on Twitter, any products or music or what do you listen to watching? I know you like your plugs. I
2: start. I started watching Billions, which is weird, but really good. So yeah, if, if, you're, if you've if you got nothing to watch and you're bored and you've watched everything and you haven't watched that, then, then absolutely watch that. Paul Giamatti, why would you not watch anything? Paul Giamatti, he's brilliant
0: there you are different horses or different courses and where can we find you on Twitter if you want
2: um, on Twitter um, David Dunning 81
0: Neil where can find you on Twitter uh,
2: you can find me uh, at, at Neil1980
1: on Twitter if you can be bothered um, in terms of plugging stuff TV yeah, 10 stars pretty good I'm watching it at the minute it's pretty pretty mad and pretty good and I'm also plugging Everton losing in the Europa League at home against Leon, which is also good so uh yeah how is it possible they, they bought
2: so well in the summer
0: <laughs> i know they've got everything up. they're the new the new money men on Merseyside. no no bitterness none whatsoever <laughs> johnny let's get away from this bitterness where can we find you eventually we're getting to you second time lucky
3: <laughs> you can find me on Tubinlad T O O B A M Tubinlad on twitter TV wise, yes, a good call with 10 Star, Ozark as well, I thought was very good.
0: Right, listen, leave it at that anyway. Thanks very, very much for your time, guys. Thanks again to the listeners. I'll leave you and say goodbye.